football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Yes, indeed. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, Festivus for the rest of us. Let's just cover it all here on this edition, a Yuletide edition of Three Dog Thursday. I am your ho-ho-ho host, TJ Reeves. He is Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, VegasInsider.com. Does a great job as our analyst on this program. Are you in the festive holiday spirit for some underdogs you should be i am i am it was a good week last week and uh you know it's always a fun time of year to wrap up 2016 heading into 2017 we have the nfl playoffs coming up we have the really good bowl games coming up so it's a good time of year it definitely is a, is a fun time right you now. didn't just have a good week last week you had a perfect week bow down we're bowing down on digital radio to kevin rogers three for three with Arkansas State in the uh, the Cure Bowl over UCF, San Diego State in the Las Vegas Bowl. You and I shared in San Diego State's win, their big comeback. They came roaring back to beat Houston easily in the Las Vegas Bowl. And you had the Indianapolis Colts and that blowout win on Sunday at Minnesota. I mean, that was... Uh, it was amazing how bad Minnesota looked in that game. You were you were in the in the second half of that game. You were like Usain Bolt, slowing up with your number one finger in the air on Three Dog Thursday. It was easy. You coasted to the NFL win to make you three for three. I almost like to say that uh, you know I'm one of these receivers that that runs down the field and then puts the ball at the one yard line, <laughs> thinking that he scored the touchdown. You know, but. Uh, but no, I mean, you look at some of these games and Arkansas State, I just like them against UCF. And, you know, I mentioned right. on the show last week that UCF hadn't beaten a bowl team all year. And, you know, these conferences like the Sun Belt and some of these lower tier conferences, I know they don't have the talent of these, you know, higher conferences, but, you know, a bowl game is still a big deal to them, you know, and they're going to a neutral site where for UCF, even though they were 0 12 last year, staying at home, I'm sure they weren't too thrilled about. Right. And you saw Arkansas State, uh, you know, beat them handily. And then you looked at the uh, Las Vegas Bowl, where we talked about Tom Herman leaving Houston, where they go from the Chick Fil A Bowl against Florida State last year to playing San Diego State this year. And the first day of the bowls, you can't be that thrilled about it. They got up early, but then San Diego State came back and beat them. And the Aztecs are a pretty quality program, so that was a nice win. And then the Colts, I didn't expect that to happen against Minnesota, but, you know, we've seen the Vikings fall apart at the end, and the Colts have been a good off a loss this year, so probably go against them this week in Oakland, but, you know, last week that was a good spot for them at Minnesota. And you were right on all three accounts on this. I'm still bitter at the time we're talking because we're getting ready for Three Dog Thursday, and I waited all the way into this week to take a bowl game in the uh, the, the Boca Raton Bowl, the matchup of my Memphis Tigers against Western Kentucky, and I thought that was a good spot as well with Western Kentucky's head coach having bolted for Purdue, and he's also the play caller, and their defense wasn't very good. But, man, Memphis's defense against the run, absolutely non-existent. It was like 11-on-9 from WKU and their running back, Anthony Wales. Uh, they rocked and rolled all over my Tigers, so that burned me on Three Dog Thursday. That and the Denver Broncos... Uh, an absolute 
snooze fest offensively for them against New England. So I only went one for three last week. We definitely need to get back on a better winning track for me. But again, Kevin went three for three. All right, we'll get into the underdog selections. And I can tell the audience up front right now, you and I, just as a general comment, we're not high on really any of the underdogs for the weekend bowl games in college football, right? Just real quick, we're not, I'm not hepped up about uh, really any of these coming uh, in the games uh, Friday or Christmas Eve or even the the uh, Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Day with MTSU playing all the way out against Hawaii. I'm not big on any of those, Kevin. No, and it just goes to show again, there's just too many bowl games. And I know that our job is to provide you with the, as most, you know, the most information as possible, which we, which we do. But also, you know, you got to look at some of these games and say, really? You know, when you see some of these matchups that – if you're just, you know, again, you do what you want with your money, but, you know, if you're putting money on some of these games, you're saying you really need that much action. I mean, some of these games are real garbage. And, you know, once we get, obviously, towards post-Christmas, yep. into some of these better games with more named teams, then it's a little bit more fun. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So we're sifting through all of these. And uh, my my hope is that the uh, the continued decline – of attendance, the, de- the continued decline of play will probably make ESPN, who's who's the main ones behind this, owning and running most of these bowl games and shuffling it all around, buckle and start reeling in the number of them, and then we get better quality games, which is what uh, you're talking about on that front. All right, so we'll make some bowl picks in a minute for the games that will be early next week post-Christmas uh, coming off the weekend, but before the next Three Dog Thursday show because there are games uh, next week that, that seem to have more name teams and better games. Uh, but for, you've got a comment. You were frothing uh, just before we started this program, this edition of Three Dog Thursday, about this whole thing about boycotting bowl games if you are a star player like what Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey have done. And now I believe Shock Linwood, the running back from Baylor, has done this. Uh, you, you were telling me, uh, just tee, tee one up for me and let me take a swing. So go ahead, Kevin Rogers. First, when I heard the news about you – know, first with Fournette, he's been hurt, so I'll cut him a break on that one. But with Christian McCaffrey, when I heard the news initially that he was skipping the bowl game for Stanford, I said to myself, I'm like, really? And after thinking about it, letting it marinate for a bit, I said, I have no problem with that. You want to know why? It always goes back to this. And I talked about this over the years, and I will never – this is one of my biggest pet peeves is why is it – not okay for kid, college athletes to do anything. And I'm not saying they should get paid because I don't believe in that. But why should these you know, kids get destroyed for everything? They want to transfer. They have to sit out. All this, But coaches can just get up and leave. Right. They can break contracts and go somewhere else. And the next day they're doing a fight song of the new school. And you say, well, what did you build up at school X? I always believe this, or at least you know, recently. You know what? You're Tom Herman. You want to go to Texas? Great. That's a move up. You're mad rule. You want to go to, to Baylor? That's a move up. No problem with that. My thing is this: a, you should be able, or you should have to wait until your team season is done before you can leave, okay? And b, so the players are selfish for leaving, but or, or they're selfish for uh, sitting out a game, but right. the coaches aren't selfish or bettering themselves. Like what? I don't understand that. Like I, I hate the whole. They're an employee of the school, so they can do what they want. Like, no, 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 no. It should be not the same standards, but pretty close. And it's very hypocritical with these coaches, what they I do. I will add on to what you're saying, that the coaches are now making three, four, five million $5 million a year, especially when they get the raise and the new job, 
to abort their team, leave their team before a bowl game, like what Tom Herman did, like what Matt Rule did, like Willie Taggart in my area in the Tampa St. Pete Clearwater area uh, takes off for the Oregon job, leaving his team before the bowl game. So, so you got million dollar coaches, you got athletic departments uh, being wooed for these games to the tune of hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. Uh, millions of dollars flowing every which direction, especially in those New Year's Six Bowl games and the college football playoff games. Money going everywhere. I do not fault Leonard Fournette or Christian McCaffrey at all. Fournette especially, who is likely, and you know this, Kevin, going to be a top-five pick in the NFL draft. Stand to make $20 million guaranteed if he's a top-five pick. And if he goes out and injures himself seriously, like what happened to the Notre Dame linebacker Jalen Smith, who would have been a first-round pick last year, and he hurt his his knee, damaged it greatly. That career is even in jeopardy. Cost himself not only top five, top ten money, cost himself first or second round money, and really any guaranteed money because of that injury. I understand it in Fournette's case. And even, even McCaffrey has got a strong argument that he would be a first-round pick who's looking at, even at the end of the first round, making $10 million, $12 million guaranteed, something like that. So uh, if you've been injured, like you said, I- I'm with you. For the million-dollar coaches that get to leave and for the million-dollar schools that are in these bowl games for the cash grab, for the, for the, for the free junket and the trip and the whole – I mean, I, I, if the player wants to say, I, I am uh, concerned about my financial professional future, I do not have a problem with that. I just don't. I have three you. more points on this, okay, and then oh. I guess we can move on. Yep. Number one – all the ex-players that are coming out and saying, oh, I would never do this, I would never do this, and, and these players, you know, they have to be showcased in these games. Why do they have to be showcased? McCaffrey, Fournette, they've all done enough in their career that they don't have to showcase themselves again. Even if McCaffrey had 200 yards, you know, rushing in the Sun Bowl, what does that mean? You know, if he has a horrible game or a great game, what does it mean? He's already showed his body of work uh, throughout the years. The second point is, with going back to these coaches, that, yeah, you talk about these to these players, you preach, finish it off, finish it off. You're bailing all the time, so you're bailing for something better. So why should we believe you? You know, you're, yep. not, preach, you're not practicing what you're preaching. And third off, you know what's really going to be the, the tipping point on these players sitting out? If, like in this case, if Deshaun Watson says, you know what, I'm not going to play against Ohio State. I don't want to get hurt in a meaningful game. Of course. One of these guys in one of these playoff games. So you know what? We almost won the championship last year. It's really not important to me. My NFL career is more important. I'm going to sit out, or a guy from Alabama that's going to be a, you know, a first-round pick because there's so many of them. That you know what? I have a championship. I don't really need this. I don't. I don't need to get hurt. That that's when it's really going to be big. When these guys say, you know what? We're playing in a meaningful game. I don't really care about this. Now, I just want to sit and move on. And we are going to move on in just a second. I, I totally yeah. get the point, though, that in the Clemson-Deshaun Watson's case, they're going for a national championship, and he very much wants to play. And you're saying this, too. You get it, that, that they want to win a championship. Same thing with the Ohio State guys, the Alabama guys, the Washington guys. Uh, even if you're in a big-time bowl game like the USC and Penn State players for the Rose Bowl or in the Orange Bowl with Florida State and Dalvin Cook playing in his final game, I mean, he's not aborting at this point. He's going to play against Michigan. Those are the bigger games, the bigger moments. It's up to each individual case, and they're more than likely, if their team's going for the college football playoff, the pressure to win, the immortality if you do win, 
the the team bonding that's that's a much different deal than McCaffrey and Fournette and Shock Linwood playing in lesser bowl games that nobody's going to remember two or three years from now. No one's going to care uh, in those bowl games. Case so. You and I agree. We're 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 preaching to the converted. You and I back and forth, and hopefully a lot of the well, audience last, agrees with us. Last yeah. thing, TJ, and and we'll move on from this. You better believe that if Stanford's in the Final Four, this guy's not sitting out. Though. Yeah, he'd so have played. We'll that. And and yeah, Fournette would playing. and Fournette would have played too if the circumstances were different. They're not different. That's the point. Yeah. They're making a business decision on that. Okay, so we've already laid it out there that you and I are not uh, bowl fans of the games this weekend. We're each going to pick one. Bowl underdog for Three Dog Thursday purposes. We'll each have a couple of NFL underdogs after the timeout. So you fire away first. Give me a bowl doggy where and why. All right. We're going to actually have bigger name teams, kind of. We're not going to have Sun, Sun Belt and Mac and all that stuff. We're going to move on to the Independence Bowl coming up on Monday between North Carolina State and Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt comes in as the underdog. And we know that Vandy is not exactly the cream of the crop in the SEC. But at the same time, I like backing teams in these bowls that feel like they have something to play for, that they can complete their season, they feel good about themselves. And I know that, you know, Vanderbilt's never going to be Alabama, they're never going to be LSU, but, you know, they played better towards the end of the year. They beat Tennessee in uh, the final game, their rival, which is, you know, a good thing. A Tennessee team that had very high expectations going into this year. And, you know, for Derek Mason and the Commodores, that they're very good defensively, maybe not great offensively, but. I look at, on the flip side, with NC State. The NC State, you know, since they almost beat Clemson, it's just been downhill from there with this team. I know they beat North Carolina in their uh, season finale, and that's their big game. So both these teams coming off victories against their rival to close out the season. But for North Carolina State, they came close against Florida State and lost at home. They came close to beating Clemson on the road. We know that they're good enough, but the case is, is that they just fall apart towards the end of the season. And I don't know how much I really trust them here laying a few points in a situation where they've had a lot of near misses, but with Vanderbilt, they do a bad loss to Missouri in there. But past that, Vanderbilt's been pretty competitive this season. And I think that they want to finish. I think for them, and you know, I hate going to the it's more important to them than the others, but I feel like with Vanderbilt, they're trying to make that turn and try to be more relevant in the SEC. I feel like this is a game that – they're more shooting for a win than NC State is. Yeah, and and uh, look, I mean, that Vandy win o- over Tennessee is something they will talk about for years and years and years. So this is the cherry on top of the Sunday if they're able to get a bowl game win uh, out of this, too, for the Commodores. Um, and again, uh, for NC State, should have beaten Clemson. Had a field goal, an easy field goal to beat them. And it, it, you know, it likely, depending on how the rest of it plays out, would have kept Clemson out of the college football playoff uh, with a second ACC loss. Uh, you know, maybe you make the argument they're more focused if they lose that game and they don't lose to Pittsburgh, the Clemson Tigers. But certainly, uh, the kicker got the kick off. It, it, it would have been the game-winning field goal in the final seconds, and and Clemson dodged a bullet. And they're still alive in the playoff because of it with that NC State team. Okay, so you'll take Vanderbilt in a game next week. I will also go uh, uh, with a team in the ACC and go against them. And you are down in South Florida for our audience on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes. I mean, Mark Rick, the first-year coach, got off to a fast start at 4-0, and then they lost four in the middle, and then they won four in the end. And the four at the end 
was kind of eh, games that they should have won and they did win. Now they will play a West Virginia team 10 and 2 out of the Big 12 and, and West Virginia uh, very much improved on defense. Um, uh, this game in Orlando, the Russell Athletic Bowl, that is coming next Wednesday, just before we do the show again on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, for uh, next week, post-Christmas, our last show of the calendar year. So I know we're going in the future now a few days, but I like the Mountaineers behind Skylar Howard, the quarterback. And again, a much-improved defense. I'm just, I know Miami's got talent. Brad Kaya, though, has been inconsistent. They can run it some with Mark Walton at running back and some pretty good defensive players. I just like West Virginia as a big step up in competition for Miami to win this game. And the fact they're getting three points, I will take them on Three Dog Thursday. I know you're in and around the Miami uh, program here. What what are your thoughts here on the Russell Athletic Bowl and me taking West Virginia real quick? Well, the one thing about the Hurricanes, like you said, started fast. They they had a bit of a bump in the road in the middle of the season. They ended the season on a good note. I don't really know how much great competition they beat towards the end. So that would be the only reason why I really wouldn't take uh, – one of the reasons I wouldn't take Miami in this game. But, you know, West Virginia had a really good season. And, uh, you know, I guess they felt like losing to Oklahoma towards the end, losing to Oklahoma State, that they're trying to, you know, get back into that, that, you know, the top of the Big 12. That I think for them it's a good way to end the season. I mean, obviously Miami wants to end the season on a good note, but uh, – I think West Virginia is maybe better than Miami here. We'll see how that one goes. And again, uh, a couple other curious games uh, early next week. The Holiday Bowls had the controversy with the Minnesota players uh, suspended and then the other players wanting to boycott the game. They'll now play in the game against Washington State with some of those guys still suspended. You wonder if they rally around each other. Uh, Washington State favored by 10.5 in the game in San Diego. Luke Falk, the quarterback, but will Minnesota come together in that one? I stayed away from that game, but that's that's a bit intriguing early on in the week, next week as well. Again, you and I laying off the college weekend uh, bowl games and saving up our ammo for next weekend and the New Year's Six and those kind of bowl games that will be unfolding as well as the college football playoffs. So that's coming on next week's show. What's coming up, Kevin? Stand by. NFL predictions. Uh, Kevin is going to go to the NFC West for a doggy. Kevin and I actually agree on an NFL doggy as well. It's Three Dog Thursday, the holiday edition before the upcoming big one, the Christmas holiday coming this weekend. Stay with us. Golfers, the holidays are coming up, and if you're looking for a great gift for you or someone you know who loves golf and golf apparel, have we got a deal for you. You need to check out the brand names and how it will all be delivered to your doorstep through the website shortpar4.com. Who likes going to the stores, especially this time of year, to shop for shirts, pants, sweaters, gloves, etc.? Well, shortpar4.com eliminates that need, delivering clothing every month right to you. And we're talking about the biggest brand names out there like Under Armour, Travis Matthew, Oakley, and many more. We just got a box delivered from shortpar4.com with over $150 in brand name items and apparel, and it was just $45. Still need more? Okay, because you're listening to this as part of Championship Weekend through December the 12th, shortpar4.com wants to take 50% off your first box delivered. Just use the promo code CHAMP at checkout or go to shortpar4.com slash champ and get more details. Again, golfers, save 50% off your first box of big brand apparel with the code CHAMP. Stay out of the stores and let shortpar4.com deliver to you now. 
Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Ah, yes, a little bit of Yuletide underdogs uh, for Three Dog Thursday. Again, happy holidays wherever you're hearing the show as we head towards the weekend. Again, I'm T.J. Reeves. He is our analyst, senior handicapper and writer on VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers. The uh, the man that spreads good cheer 52 weeks out of the year, not just on the uh, Christmas week edition, the holiday edition of Three Dog Thursday. You're always in a cheery mood, especially after you went three for three last week, as we've been talking about. So uh, nice work on that. We uh, we kind of laid off the college bowl games for this weekend. We each took an underdog for uh, the midweek games next week, you took Vanderbilt in their matchup with NC State in that bowl game, and I took West Virginia in the bowl game with Miami. So that leaves two underdogs for each one of us. Uh, where do you want to begin with your uh, with your first pro underdog for this coming vital weekend? Most of the NFL games being played on Christmas Eve Saturday. Where are you going for three-dog Thursday purposes? I will start with the defending NFC champion Carolina Panthers. They play host to Atlanta on Sunday, and this is a very interesting role reversal with these two. Now, Atlanta has a shot to win the NFC South in the next two weeks, and they host Carolina. Last year, Carolina went to Atlanta at 14-0. and Granted, Atlanta's not 14-0 this year, but Carolina was 14-0 into the Georgia Dome last year, and they lost to Atlanta, and that ruined their perfect season, and they eventually lost in the Super Bowl to the Broncos. Now, you fast forward a year, week 16, then you flip to Bank of America Stadium. Now they're playing in Charlotte, and Carolina's not going to the playoffs. They need everything in the world to work for them, but it's not going to happen. But the one thing I'll say about Carolina, though, coming off the Monday night win over Washington and a 6-8 and eight record, which is unimpressive, they threw away the Denver game in week one. They threw away the Kansas City game uh, a few weeks ago, up 17 nothing. That they've been very close in some of these games. They're a few plays away from being 8-6 and six and being right in the mix, not only to be a wild-card team in the NFC, but also to maybe win the NFC South. And that's not going to happen, but I'm sure that they want to finish at 8-8, eight and eight and they're, they're a team that's not quitting right now. There are certain teams, you'd say, that could be quitting at this point. I don't think Carolina's quitting. Now with Atlanta... The Falcons, I've said to you before in the show that they're not a great favorite under right. Mike uh, or under uh, Dan Quinn. You've preached it. You, thinking, uh, you've preached it all I'm year thinking long. Mike Smith, you're I'm thinking Mike about. Smith, right? Who's down? Who's now yeah. with with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with me as the defensive coordinator? But you're right. You've been on the Dan Quinn thing. You've preached that that sermon all season long about them as a favorite, especially even at home. They haven't been getting it done. Right, and now they're coming off a couple blowouts the past few weeks. But then again, they beat the 49ers and Rams, so I'm not exactly going to pat them on the back for that. Now you're stepping up, playing a motivated Carolina team, a talented Carolina team, on the road. And yes, the Falcons have picked up some road favorite wins this season, beating the Rams, beating the Buccaneers on the road. But uh, I just look at Carolina this week. I think that they still have something to play for. I don't care about the short week. I think all that's overrated. They, they know what they got to do. And especially after Carolina lost to Atlanta the first time around on the road this year, they were a road favorite in that game. Now they're a home underdog. I'll take a shot with the Panthers here to beat the Falcons. And I am going to concur with the Mighty One, and I like this spot, especially with the home game, for the reasons that you gave. And I've got even one more reason. I don't know if he's going to play on Sunday, 
But Julio Jones has the toe injury right now. 300-yard receiving game in the first matchup. And that that is still being talked about. It will be talked about all through the week for the buildup for this Saturday game. Uh, the Panthers are sick of hearing about it. Uh, they pl- they have played much better defensively since that time. They've gotten their act together, especially in the secondary, to where they're not to that extent that horrible in the secondary. A lot of different motivation for Carolina, including to screw it up for the Falcons. And it's a home game in Charlotte with them getting points. And and maybe and again, full disclosure, I'm part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio broadcast. I will be in the Big Easy for Christmas Eve. And the Buccaneer game has now been flexed to the afternoon, a 4.30 Eastern time start, which means it will not kick off until that Falcon game with Carolina is basically over. And the Bucks will then know uh, whether or not they have an, uh, an opening to win the NFC South by Carolina beating Atlanta and giving them that opening or not. So uh, I, I'm not I'm not just leaning that way because I want it to happen. I honestly believe that Carolina is going to get some revenge and win this game outright. In, in pointing at it, uh, Cam Newton, some questions with the shoulder. Kevin, give me a quick comment. How concerned are you because the shoulder's been banged around? He was still throwing the ball fairly well after the, after he got hit in the Monday night game. But are you concerned there with Cam? No, these guys are tough. He's tough. I don't know. All right. Very simply, I, I like the Panthers in this. Uh, spot two, and I will take the two and a half points. All right, we each have another underdog to go here. Give me, uh, give me your next one. Which way are you going to head? We're going to go west, and the Arizona Cardinals going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Now, the Cardinals haven't been great covering numbers this year. They've been one of the worst teams, in fact, uh, covering numbers. But uh, you know, on the flip side, for as much of a disappointment as they've been, they played Seattle to a six-six tie the last time <laughs> they faced each other in Arizona. So. You know, Arizona definitely, you know, this is a game they'll get up for, even though they're out of it. And for Seattle, we know how great they are at home. I don't have to, you know, repeat all of that. But Arizona hasn't gotten this amount of points this year. So you're getting over a touchdown on the road against a Seattle team that's coming off a win over a bad Rams team. And, you know, for the Seahawks, they have a couple wins at home against, you know, not great competition so far uh, this season. And now they face a Cardinals team. It's You know, it almost feels like, you know, after playing five quarters in Arizona, that this almost like an extended overtime for these teams because nobody won the first time. So, you know, there are times you see ties in the NFL, like Washington and Cincinnati, they're not going right. to play each other again. But here, they're, they played each other the first time, and they didn't have a winner, so now they get to play again. So you better believe that Arizona, and Seattle will be motivated too. But I think that Arizona will be motivated here, you know, considering at the end of the season they have to play the Rams, and that's not a game you're really getting up for. But this is kind of like, I don't say like their Super Bowl, but this is, you know, the way to end the season where they play. They're, you know, it's turned into a little bit of a rivalry, Arizona and Seattle. I think that the Cardinals here getting points on the road is worth a look. Well, and bear in mind, Seattle still trying. They have locked up the West, still trying to lock up the two-seed and a bye for the playoffs. Highly motivated to win this game, but Arizona swept them a year ago, and you mentioned the 6-6 tie in the previous game, one of the bizarre games of the year, so... Yeah, that's uh, for the Seahawks. Again, they've had some extra rest after winning on Thursday night back 10 days ago. Speaking of Three Dog Thursday, by the time this game is played, or actually nine days earlier by the time this game is is actually played on Christmas Eve. So uh, you're going with the Arizona Cardinals uh, in that one. Cardinals got barbecued by Drew Brees and company last week. 400-yard, four-touchdown passing day. By breeze, but you will go with them. We have time for just a, another underdog from me, and then we've got to get out of here in a couple of moments. 
Uh, speaking of that Carolina win over Washington, the Redskins now go to play at Soldier Field. It may be a little warmer than the minus three wind chill at kickoff against Green Bay last weekend. I don't think it's going to matter. I think ultimately here, Chicago uh, has found enough offense with Matt Barkley. They can still run the ball. They've got Alshon Jeffrey back off of suspension. That that Washington game Monday night, eye-opening. They did not look motivated. They did not look ready to go uh, in trying to get a wild-card spot out of this. And I don't, I don't like them here at Soldier Field against the Bears. I think the Redskin playoff hopes get a big dagger behind Matt. I mean, that the Bears showed a lot of heart down big to the Packers last week at home. I don't think that uh, the Redskins put up that kind of fight. I, I think they'll wilt. I think uh, Kirk Cousins will be back to throwing the interceptions. He, he played poorly for a lot of that Monday night game. You look at the you look at the Redskins away from home recently. You mentioned the London game that they didn't win. They lose at Detroit away from home. They they lose at Dallas away from home. Uh, all of these recent on Thanksgiving. I'll take Chicago. I'll take the points, gladly. I think the Bears upset them, uh, and I'll take them in the three-and-a-half on the Vegas Insider line for my third underdog. And that leaves us, uh, Kevin Rogers, about 60 seconds here for you to tell us more about VegasInsider.com with all the bowl games and the NFL winding down and everything that you have going on, the information, the analysis, and much more. Go ahead. You can check out our Bowl Central. You know, we're getting into some of the better bowl games, and you can get the history on these games, the line movements, the odds, all of that on our Bowl Central pages. Also, the NFL, Week 16 coming up, and then you have one more week until we hit the playoffs. Also, don't forget, to college basketball. Next week after Christmas, conference play begins in a lot of these major conferences. So that is uh, pretty cool where college basketball now is really going to start uh, ramping up, and then you have the NBA. Those uh, those teams are still, you know, moving along with all these winter uh, road trips and all and all this other stuff. So you got a lot going on. Obviously, hockey's still going on as well. So you can check us out all the time, VegasInsider.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter at TwitBI. And my handle, I know you always like to say it, but my handle is Vi Rogers. Vi. R-O-G-E-R-S. Yes, indeed. Find him at V.I. Rogers on Twitter. Find this show at Three Dog Thursday. Oh, one fun one for the holidays. I've been running these topics by different people, so I might as well run them by the Kevin Rogers, the get-to-know-his-holiday spirit or not uh, very quickly. So let's go for it. Uh, Are you a person, yes or no, that will be in a store Let's say on the day before Christmas Eve or on Christmas Eve, are you in the malls or in the store in the 48-hour window before Christmas? Are you one of those types? No. Eggnog, yes or no? Fan, yes or no? No. See, you're a no and a no, and I'm a yes and a yes in both of those. Will he be three no's in a row? I'm looking right at it right now on my TV screen while we are talking. Is Die Hard and, and in fact, Die Hard 2... Are those Christmas movies? Yes or no? No. No. They got Christmas Christmas. all in them. There's Christmas all in both of them with the Christmas tree and the music playing and but they're not Christmas movies to you? I don't know how many Christmas action movies can you really have. That's about it. He he had two of them, Bruce Willis with the two yeah. diehards that did very well. All right, so you were no, no, and no on shopping in the stores on a couple days or the day before, no on eggnog and no on diehard? 
Man, they don't talk call me about, the Grinch for nothing. I was going to say, talk about Scrooge for Christmas. Listen, right? have a happy holiday. Have a Merry Christmas. We will come back and do this one final time in 2016. You believe that? One final show in this calendar year, and it's going to be a big one with the New Year's Six Bowl games and the final weekend of the NFL. We'll watch it all play out uh, upcoming this weekend. Kevin Rogers, great job. Thank you, sir. All right, you got it. Thank you. There we go. I'm TJ Reeves. Again, good luck to Kevin with Vanderbilt, the Carolina Panthers, and the Arizona Cardinals as his doggies. I've got West Virginia, those same Panthers, and the Chicago Bears. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the football this weekend. Find us again on the web at 3DogThursday.com. Find us on Twitter at 3DogThursday. Follow Kevin at B.I. Rogers for this weekend. Enjoy the football. We'll talk to you next week for 3Dog Thursday. Happy holidays.